What's up, Fight Fan? You are listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Monday, July 10th, 2023, and this week's episode, Pantoja and Duplessis Triumph. We'll talk about a very wild international fight week, UFC 290, two title fights, and plenty of headlines to go around. We'll talk about the latest in MMA news. Both John Jones and Francis Ngannou seem to have some fights ready to go. Not with each other. We'll get into that a little bit. And we'll cap it off by talking about this coming Saturday's UFC main event. Holly Holm taking on Mayra Bueno Silva. My name is Gabriel Gonzalez and I'm joined by my co-host Natalie Zamudio. Double G. Welcome back from Vegas. What a fight night of fights. It was non-stop action from beginning to end. Were you exhausted at the end of it all? You know, so... Uh... If I'm being quite honest, it's such an, as a fan, it's so amazing the week. As someone who is employed, (laughs) it can be, uh, I'll be honest, sometimes my stuff is so much more fun after the fact. Like, uh, look, uh, I'll tell you right now, Saturday, I think I clocked it, it was a 17 hour day for me. Yeah. and, And I mean, like, no, like, I showed up to work, and I did not get back to my B and B until about 1.45 a.m. in the morning after leaving and being at work at 9.30 a.m. Damn. So just think about the math and, you know, think about that uh, in that entire span, it's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of wait, you know, hurry up and wait and then rush and then, you know, there's so many little pieces throughout the day. So it's pretty exhausting. And so really... Look, like, I get it. If you're a fan, you enjoyed it. For me, it's sometimes a lot better because now that I'm home, I could just watch my videos. I'm in the comfort of, you know, everything. I don't have to, you know, there's not like, oh, I need to do a million things still. It's like, oh, okay, you can enjoy it and work at a much more leisurely pace to get everything promoted. So, yeah, it, it was wild. But on the other side of it is really the satisfaction, ironically, because in the moment, while it's fun, it's like after it's like, OK, now I can rest and you reflect on, oh, my God, I actually did all that. And it's awesome. So that's where it is for me personally. That's what crazy. about you? You got to enjoy from home, which I'm oh, yeah, jealous. Home, uh, you know, I don't wear footy pajamas anymore, but it's the kind of thing that if you did would be very satisfying to do while you're watching. Uh, fight night so you know some fight nights I'm sorry some pay-per-views some fight nights whatever it may be I get to watch live most of the time I'm doing you know stuff with my son and putting him to bed and all that this was one of those where I kind of watched it after the fact Um, which is nice when you're talking about being able to just watch your videos right like it's nice because on ESPN plus you can watch the individual fights so you know, you pick and choose how you like. You don't have to watch all the walkouts. Look, watching the pay-per-views or any event live is fun, and I do miss it. However, sometimes you're like, man, this walkout is taking forever. They're putting that Vaseline on really slowly. Bruce Buffer, can you speed it up, right? There's all these little things that you have to wait before you get to the fight, so it's kind of nice to be able to just skip right to it. But uh, overall, it was a lot of exciting stuff, and... Uh, like it was definitely money's worth for sure i mean let's get into it now i mean obviously to start with the main event alexander volkanovsky taking on 
interim champion Yair Rodriguez. We know how this fight came together. Volk tried for the 55 belt. UFC made an interim, you know, just to kind of build up the top contender. And here we were for the unifier. If I'm... I'm going to get into the aftermath because obviously there's a lot to talk about the future for the Mexico events and et cetera, et cetera. I'll be honest. I watched Yair get out there and it's hard to for me to tell you that I didn't think he, it was going to be his moment. The music, his whole vibe, everything during the week, um, the body language was all positive. And I think that what we got at the end of this was that Volkanovski... You look at that fight with Mahachev and it's like he looked great, right? That's what we've all been saying. He could go back to 55. He could probably beat a lot of top guys. He's that good. He's on that level. But really, when you talked about like all the things Yair was bringing and the way Volkanovski for three rounds shut it down, um, to Yair's credit, and this is going back to my original point, he had a couple moments in there. I don't think mentally he ever gave up on it. I think he knew he was losing. I think, how could you not? But, you know, anytime he got that space, he wasn't afraid to try to make something happen, go big with the kicks, sit down on some shots and really try to get Volk's respect. But Volkanovski, just the comprehensive attack that he put on Yair, get in there, close the space, work the body, take him down, rough him up, um, stay out of bad positions, Try to minimize that amount where you're at mid-range, where Yair could really get that whip and connect with it. Um, just very impressive. Wasn't a complete walkthrough by any means, but that was just a Volkanovski fight. His game just comprehensively was too much for Yair. And then obviously, and ironically, going back to it, Yair almost seems to stun Volk. And then Volk just comes in and just clips him. And that's all he, she wrote, you know, follows, you know, Yair goes down, follows up, um, never got a chance to get back up, Volk to Relentless. Just an impressive victory. What about you? Of course, absolutely. It's one of those performances where you say there's levels to this game. You know, when Cormier beat Vulcan Ozdemir, who was, he was, you know, he was getting hyped up, got a title shot, and then DC just dismantled him. This reminded me, though, as far as Rodriguez, of his fight against Frankie Edgar. Now, that's a different Rodriguez. He's improved 100 times since then, but it was a similar um, skills gap. So Frankie Edgar just held him down with wrestling and, and, you know, inflicted a bunch of damage and messed up his eye and all that stuff. Volkanovski did something similar, except this time Rodriguez was able to land a lot of stuff. I mean, Volkanovski had... His face was, was beat up too. But... It just wasn't enough. Volkanovski's too smart, too slick. And sometimes I chuckle because Volkanovski is short, right? But compared to Rodriguez, compared to most fighters at 145, especially 155, when he throws, when he whiffs on a leg kick, it's just a bunch of air, man, between him and Rodriguez. It kind of makes me chuckle because it's a reminder how short he is. But it doesn't matter ultimately because he can close the distance so fast. He's so um, intelligent, right? His his IQ, his fighting IQ is very high. And he sees everything. He stays calm. You know, I love what he said at the end when he, uh, on the mic after he won. 
he said during the camp there was fear, right? Because he knew Rodriguez was, was going to be a great challenge for him. But a couple of days into fight week, he got angry, he got confident, and he knew he was the best and he was going to win. That's super cool to hear a champion, someone like that, explain what they go through um, from fight camp to winning. It's not surprising. We picked Volkanovski to win, and we knew he was levels above, but then when you get to see it in action, it's it's pretty exciting. I hope he does get to go back to 155 because, for me, I know he has surgery for his elbow or something, but for me, when for me, he's done at 145. Like, There's nothing more I need to see. There's nothing more I want to see. The fight with Islam was close, especially in that fifth round. I want to see that again. So I, I hope that after he recovers, he goes back up to 55. Now, can I ask you quite simply, because uh, I guess I'll defend another point. Um, Ilya Tapuria, and they had that little face-off um, after the fight, right? Yeah. Ilya no. was on a roll. Uh, you're, you're saying, you know what, if the fight doesn't happen for Ilya and they and they have a good fight for Volk at 55, that's what you'd prefer. Just let, yeah, me, ta- absolutely. let me frame it Ilya's, that way. He's great, but it's not enough. It's like uh, Nunes and Ketlin Vieira, right, we were talking last week. Like, yeah, that's another great challenger, but you've already done it one enough at 145. To me, Ilya Taporia isn't a big enough name, despite his great skills, to keep Volk at 145. Like, he's done enough. He doesn't need to beat that guy, too, before he can move on. Fair enough. I would argue I'd prefer the fight with Ilya, for, and I'll frame it this way. You think about when Floyd Mayweather took out Canelo, and obviously Canelo has, one, gotten a lot bigger, but two, gotten a lot better uh-huh. since that fight, but Mayweather kind of got to roll, you know, just dip out of the game saying, not only did I beat the best of my generation, but then the next generation too. Right. Ilya's a young guy with so much upside that I would argue that Volk adding him to his resume in this moment when he's still at the top of his game, I mean, Volk, I mean, I feel like would be just a great feather in the cap because that victory will feel like it would age like fine wine. And I'll bring up the second point. With 155, I don't know that there's a fight that makes sense for Volkanovski right now that I would be like, you know what, he should prioritize that over a fight with Ilya at 45. The BMFs are probably going to be locked in. The BMF, one is going to be coming off a loss, right? The other one is probably going to be trying to push for the fight with Mahachev because Mahachev's already beat Charles Oliveira. You could do the rematch, but even then, I acknowledge business-wise, this is high-risk, low-reward now for Islam. Volk is very difficult to deal with. He already got past him, took the decision... For Islam, I would, if I were Islam Mahachev, i try to fight other people. And if we have a scenario where I fight Volk again, let's get it. But business-wise, it's kind of like, why am I just giving this guy more chances to get me? You know, That's that doesn't fair. make smart. Yeah. Objectively, fantastic fight. I would expect nothing less from a rematch, in all honesty. But I understand business-wise. And also, for a little bit of my appetite, I always try to remember it as a paying fan. If I just paid for the February fight between the two, I don't know that I feel as enthused about paying for that again so soon. I know it's great. I know it's objective. But now it's like, once again, it's like I bought the same sandwich, but now it feels more expensive. 
they took off some of the cheese and some of the extra stuff on it <laughs> natalie you know what i mean yeah. that's what i low-key feel because now a little bit of that mystique is gone going into a rematch so that's just my one thing about it i would prefer Elia just because 55 doesn't feel like it makes sense right now now i'm gonna hit you with this one okay if islam mahachev does not rematch charles Oliveira. If he says he does not want Gaethje or Poirier, if you tell me Volk would fight Charles or Volk would fight the BMF, wouldn't hate it. But I just, right now, that is on the lower end of the possibilities in the picture. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't hate any of those matchups. I mean, you can just drop Volk into the top five. And yeah, it's fine to say he doesn't deserve a title shot rematch right back into the into the lightweight division. That's totally fair if the UFC says that. That's totally fair if Islam says that. But yeah, you put him up with anybody, Oliveira, winner of BMF, Benil Dariush even. I like that. Michael Chandler because he's probably never going to fight Conor McGregor. <laughs> I like that too. So Chandler-Volk is actually a really good matchup because size-wise and build-wise, they're very similar. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, quick note on that. Did you hear Dana White's comments on the Conor McGregor thing? He's like, we are so far away from talking about that just because they have so much stuff going on behind the scenes for Conor. Because he's doing stupid things again? I don't know if it's even completely USADA anymore. It almost He almost seems to hint that there's so much more besides getting in the pool and all that. I think, I don't know. I I, I mean, there's a lot of theories USADA obviously wants to still keep their legitimacy and they don't want a scenario where they're just like, yeah, we're just going to let it ride. And like Brock Lesnar. Yeah, because UFC says so. And then suddenly all these companies are like, well, how legit are you? Why am I going to give you all this money that you uh, require to do all this testing and pay all these agents to go test at 6 a.m., et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if it's something like that. I don't know if it's just Connor and outside the cage stuff that we don't maybe know about is more serious i I don't know but it's like uh anything could happen it's still just july Uh i mean they haven't even announced the abu dhabi card yet for october so it's like there's plenty of time but it it feels more and more like there could be a curveball right but i'm not gonna say that just yet I, i i do feel like they could announce it this week, and then we're all going to be like, oh, after all this, Connor, yep. Chandler, it, it was just fine. So I'm not going to say that, but certainly outwardly, it almost feels like there could be a curveball. I'll say it that. It does. But you know what? I know we're going to get into it later with John Jones, but I felt the same way about that. John Jones, Steve Bay, I was like, this is never going to happen. Get out of here. These guys, I mean, John Jones, blah, blah. And then it happened. So yeah, you're right. Connor, it might. <laughs> It might happen one day when we're not expecting it. Dude, they could go come out in three weeks and be like, oh, yeah, he's going to fight. He's in the pool. He's been tested. Next question. Yep. yep. Okay. Wait, wait, do we have more to talk about? No? Okay. Nope. Then we have the fight. What What more is there to say? We thought it wasn't going to happen. It is. What more? You know? Yep. These, that's how fast these things could happen. Um. Look, Yair was on a great run going into this fight with Volk. I, I expect he'll be back, but it... You know, obviously a tough one to go out like that after all the work and his journey to get to the title shot. Um, We'll talk about how that relates to Mexico after talking about this fight. 
Um, look, Vulcan Islam was great. This one felt a little bit more fun, a little bit more personal, a little bit more carnage, a little bit more pacing. Um, it, it, it was just so much fun with between Moreno and Pantoja. Moreno's boxing, the blood and damage he did. Uh, Pantoja just doing that damage, though, and getting those positions on the mat and just... It, it, it was not a blowout by any means for Pantoja. It, it was one of those fights where it was just like, look, every round was competitive. Every round mattered. Pantoja obviously late in the fifth in a big moment, critical time for him to get that decision. And Moreno never going away. Uh, took that low blow that looked pretty serious and then, you know, comes back and just keeps fighting. Such a good fight. I didn't feel any controversy for, you know, the decision. Pantoja got this one. It just, he's the one who got a little bit more. Moreno still had a good night. It just wasn't meant to be. What were your thoughts? Yeah, it was similar to that. You know, I'm rooting for Moreno. I want to keep that, you know, Mexican belt uh, picked poster, imaginary poster up on my wall. Um, to me, he looked amazing as usual. Pantoja, to, in my eyes, was kind of scary. You know, initially, round one, he kind of looked like a zombie. Just dead eyes, head head pushed forward, shaggy hair, and just like, just <laughs> prodding, plodding, excuse me towards Moreno um, and so when they come back at the when Moreno's corner at the end of round one tells him he's tired he's tired I, I was very confused by that because to me he didn't look tired and he didn't seem tired in round two it's just sort of how he was the entire fight you know slow but not detrimentally slow uh, powerful and just his eyes never changed their expression that was the most bizarre thing to me Apart from this incredible fight that was happening before uh, in front of our on our TV screens, the way he just never changed the expression in his eyes was kind of disturbing. Anyways, I did think it was very close. They were, if you look at every round, they're going back and forth for sure. But of course, but but uh, Pantoja does edge things out and and where it counts and and more rounds than Moreno did. I think most people had Moreno winning round two. I thought he won round four as well, so two and four. All in all, though, Pantoja won. I'm disappointed for Moreno, but it's a great story for Pantoja. And then, you know, I was I was checking out Reddit um, uh, earlier, and it's funny how everyone's saying, you know, Moreno's like, now he's stuck in another uh, quadrilogy fight with somebody. Um, the guy just can't, can't shake these long-running uh, wars. So... You know, if I'm the UFC, it was such an exciting fight. I would rematch them again. But if I'm Brandon Moreno, I'm going to want to take a break, man. All those wars with Figueredo and then another one here. Um, I'm going to want to take a break, except I'm sure he also really wants to get his belt back. So it'll be interesting to see the timing on, on the return for both fighters and who they get matched up with. Do you think they're going to go rematch or Pantoja will want to do... Uh, to fight someone new. I think he should and uh, would want to fight someone new, and I think that is what we'll get. Um, yeah, you know, the quadrilogy, right? Uh, 
for Moreno, I I agree with you. I think it's time for a bit of a break. I think that these miles catch up. Um, look at Robbie Lawler. You just can't keep that up forever. Uh, and and we'll talk about Robbie in a little bit. But um, yeah. Uh, look, I I want to see this one again. I think that because one of those fights was on tough, because the rematch number two wasn't this like. Let's be real. Until the rematch was booked, people probably weren't really watching it, right? So it doesn't feel like, you know, even with the Arasanya Alex Pereira, you know, their first MMA fight was for the title, you know, against each other. There are, yes, the two kickboxing fights, but it, there, there's just so much more ease to sell it again. I do think that we will see these two again, particularly the very blunt popularity of Moreno and what he's done at, at flyweight. That being said, for Pantoja, I believe he's also been Brandon Royville. Uh, let me double check that. But if not, I mean, Amir Albazi is right there. Uh, these guys, uh, Manel Cape, if he gets the win, uh, up there too. I mean, th- there's options for him that he has to be taken seriously. But yeah, I, I just don't see a scenario where Pantoja would want to do it or should need to. Quite bluntly, he's gotten three victories over this man. He doesn't need to prove any more to me or anybody else about it. Um, yeah, beat Brandon Royval in 2021, finished him in the second round. I know Royval was the backup. Royval's been exciting. I mean, you want someone new, go Albazi, but really it's kind of like, just take your pick if you're Pantoja. What about you? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. Yeah, I'll take your pick. I mean, he's if you if you look at um you know, 3 and 0 against Moreno, you would feel justified in saying I'm done with that, you know, even though this was a a war and we were both at our best compared to uh you know, the tough fight and the other fight. Uh I would say I don't need to fight this guy again. And so yeah, any of those other ones are fine. Um but yeah, Moreno most importantly, the man needs a break. So Hopefully he's look, he's young and scrappy and tough as heck. So for a, a break for him might just be, you know, till December, right? Not anything more significant than that, but um or November. But I definitely want the man to to get some rest. And then if he doesn't get the rematch for him, I wouldn't mind seeing I don't know where what Kai Car France is up to lately, but I wouldn't mind seeing that again. That was that was close, you know, as we know. With Moreno? Mm-hmm. Right now, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? It, it, don't mind that one either for Brandon. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, does Manel Cape still need an opponent? I mean, this poor man just cancellations, the Davison stuff. I'm hearing, I, I'll just put it bluntly, I heard so many conflicting things that, you know, I, I think someone at a certain point just bluntly lied. And we had word that people would sign that didn't, said they signed when they didn't. It's like, bro, like what happened to Manel Cape just sucks. Um, I think Manel actually has a fight now that I think about it. Let me double check that. But my point of that being is that I don't mind Albazi. I don't know why you would want to take Brandon Royville. Yeah, Kaikara France, ironically, this uh, September. But um, from Manel Cape. Uh... I'd go Albazi. If you want to run Royville, it's still a fun fight for Pantoja, but 
Yeah, he just doesn't have anything else to prove right now against Moreno. Let Moreno, re you know, regroup, take time, and we can figure this out. But from there, I think we can make something happen, and I'm excited. I, I want to point out before we move on to the the Drakus of the <laughs> of the whole thing. Um, did you hear this? So, as I understand it. Pantoja's father left his mom and him when he was really young. And when he won the title and he's looking at the camera and says, how do you like me now, dad? Are you proud of me now? I mean, my word. Like, I get it. People love Moreno, rightfully so. It's kind of like the Max Holloway Volkanovsky thing. Yeah. How can you not see that, know his story and not feel some kind of emotion? It's so crazy. What about you? Yeah, for Pantoja, that's a that's a pretty ice cold thing to say. To be in your moment, your mo your greatest moment of victory, to be thinking about reminding <laughs> your dad that he made a big mistake. Um, yeah, that that's definitely a um, one of those you know tugging at your heartstrings kind of story, um, and a little ice cold, man, a little ice cold. I mean, look at uh, what. Obviously, life is a lot better for him, even more so right now. But, um, yeah, it just goes to show all those things really add up in your emotions, right? So yep. I don't hold it against him for wanting to say something. But No, no, uh, not in a bad way. I mean, listen, you don't need to know my whole life story, but I would probably say something like that, too. <laughs> yeah, it, he's just, it, it was just so powerful. A lot of emotions there. I, I want to touch on it before we move on. Um, obviously third from the top, the Coco, as some people like to call it, Dracus Duplessis, Robert Whitaker. Glad this fight was pay-per-view. Um, and we talked about it. Uh, let's just be quick about it. Dracus Duplessis had that, I always point to it, the Cody Garbrandt, Dominic Cruz kind of performance. There was nothing that suggested that, uh, Cody was going to rise to the level that Dominic had been at for so long. And yet right. he just looks so comfortable at, at ease in there. Uh, the shot selection, the way he kind of had that high guard and it was, he just utilized it to block a lot of the heavier damage from Rob. Rob got a few shots in in the first round, but then Dracus just found, he just kept finding the mark. And ironically for being the one with the repaired nose, he just kind of, uh, he had to have broken Rob's nose on that shot in the yeah. second round because it just crumples Rob Whitaker, who's been through, he's been in there with Yoel Romero, Adesanya, Cannoneer, Marvin Vittori, handled it. And the fact that he took that just so clean and it just seemed to take him out of there, you know, just took the wind right out of the sails and to a full stop. Um, Really wild. Credit to Duplessis. Like I said, minimized the damage, got in there, got his spots. Cardio looked fine, looked like he could have made it to the finish line from what we were seeing. Just super, super impressive. What were your thoughts on the fight? It was uh, super impressive, super surprising, man. I did not expect that performance from Dracus. We both picked Robert Whitaker. I thought he would beat Dracus easily. I'll say this, as the fight was happening, I I even said to my husband, I said, I don't remember Drake as being, having such sloppy footwork. To me, it just looked really odd, and I didn't realize, I guess I don't know him well enough to realize that he had changed his stance. You know, he was going back and forth, but decided to fight primarily in the southpaw stance. 
And he said it on the mic, and I said, oh, that's why. Because his, his movement, his lateral movement especially, was a little bit goofy. So, you know, that's that's pretty ballsy, man, to change your style like that, to defeat your specific opponent. opponent. It's kind of like, um, you know, in the outfield in baseball, when well, they don't let you do the shift anymore, I don't think. But when the, when the outfield used to do a big shift, to move to one side for whatever batter was coming up, right? So great game plan surprisingly effective i did not expect that because rob looked great he also looked great bouncy still still sharp still fast still moving in and out with great agility um but yeah that one punch to the nose was crucial was um was crushing excuse me and just pretty much was the beginning of the end there i did not expect that i also didn't expect what happened afterwards i'll toss it back to you for that uh a face-off, but that was something else as well. Yeah, um, look, Robert Whitaker is still great. I course, really yeah. do hope we see him back soon because, it, I mean, he's one of, objectively one of my favorite fighters to watch. Like, if I were just a fan, I'd probably be like, oh my gosh, like, Rob Whitaker, like, his game, his attitude, kind of like George St. Pierre, just kind of mm-hmm. does his own thing and kicks so much butt. So, big fan of Rob, like I know a lot of people are. Um, so, I do... I still expect good things from him. Um, but yeah, this face-off. Um, what exactly did uh, Adesanya say out there, Natalie? <laughs> he said, hey, my African brother. After that? Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> he said it a couple of times. <laughs> I, he did. Man, didn't he? Look, so can I be real with you? Yeah. I got to say, I, I know it's very polarizing. I think... When you look at big picture in context, one of the most brilliantly executed in cage to hype up the next fight face-offs. Like we talked about Aljo and Sterling. Let's be real. Adesanya knows how this fight is framed and he pitched it all of this. The African, you know, more African, real African, whatever you want to call it. It's 23 and me, by the way, Adesanya, but okay. (laughs) no but like look and he goes up there and just the way he said it it's like you know the security's there just like don't worry this is my african brother right here mm-hmm. and he knows what he's doing he's antagonizing dracus and he's getting you to react to the very real subtleties that yes tap into racial and nationalistic kind of elements of this right mm-hmm. um let me ask you this this is it's so hot button but it's also very simple to understand the thing is Drake is may said 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 a dumb thing like maybe in his mind he was like yeah i actually reside in on the continent of africa so that makes me the real african you know ufc fighter or should i win champ but like he knew better he knew what he was doing he was poking the bear you know, especially in South Africa, the descendants of the, the Europeans that live there, the Afrikaners, right? That's There's a long, bad, ugly history between them yeah. and Native Africans. Like, that is no freaking joke. So when you start talking about, I'm the real this and that from Africa, and you're a white guy, <laughs> you better expect a response. Adesanya was so amped up, so mad. So pissed, so ready to to show this man that he was about to get a beatdown whenever this fight's going to get scheduled. It was intense, man. I don't know how Joe Rogan felt 
holding the mic between those two. It was intense. I think Dracus put his foot into it, you know, put his foot in his mouth, and he can try to walk it back if he wants to. But I think it's pretty clear that he he uh pardon me. I think it's pretty clear that he knew he was he was walking into dangerous territory. The Afrikaner, South African, Africa thing, man, <laughs> they don't it's 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 a serious it's a serious thing. So um, <laughs> we'll see how it shakes out. You know, actually, when they fight, my money's on Adesanya, but um, DDP, man, he's he's looking really good. You know, no one has beat up Robert Whitaker like that since Adesanya did it the first time around. Uh, but then the second time they fought, you know, Robert Whitaker put on a, a, a much better, made a had a much better showing. This is uh, uh, let me just say this: when you know Pereira beat Adesanya. And everyone's talking about, oh man, he already beat him three times, and and then the fourth, the rematch comes up, and it's the fourth time they meet. Everyone thinks he's going to beat him again, and Adesanya, you know, sends him to the moon. That was nothing compared to this face-off, compared to this showdown. Like the the feelings, this is true bad feelings right here, true bad vibes. I'll say this: they are tapping into something that I feel, uh, respectfully, just. I feel like even Conor Habib <laughs> weren't quite like this, tapping into these things right. so blatantly. Right. Um, and and I, I'm going to say it again. I don't know that there's necessarily... I don't believe that Arasanya believes that Dracus is... Uh, okay, did he put his foot in his mouth in the way he delivered it? I'll say that. But there is for sure um, a, a, a bit of like... I don't know that Adesanya believes that Dracus is racist. Let's put it that way. And I don't know that Dracus necessarily believes that like Adesanya doesn't deserve to, you know, have that pride in where he was born and the fact that his journey uh, took him from living in two different, two completely different places. So he's got connections to both of them. That's just quite bluntly what it is. Uh-huh. But Adesanya is willing to step into it, and I think <laughs> Dracus is kind of meeting him with the line in the sand. And so we have this very powerfully charged fight. Um, real quick, I think Dracus, he was struggling to figure out what to say to Adesanya. <laughs> Rightfully so. I don't know that Dracus knew, like, you have Adesanya get in your face and say these things. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I saw the comments, you know, is Dracus going to say it back? I'm like, oh, you guys are horrible. <laughs> um I know. But you know seen what? Those... He was okay though. He when he he was. I was actually surprised with his comeback, which was, uh, "We are African, but like not. I'm African, but I ain't no brother of yours." Yeah. I was like, like, "Okay, oh. that was witty, man. You got him." Once again, they're just they come from different uh, origins, and I think that they're just trying to touch upon these things in selling this fight, and I think that that is just essentially where we're at. And once again, there's history that I know rubs people the wrong way but we're, I think the truth is going to come out if and when they fight which let's get into that can Drake has turned this around in nine weeks and counting oh, he looked pretty fresh he didn't really get too too beat up so if if I were him though that's not a smart move nine weeks like you gotta. I mean, okay. Look at it this way. You know, when Holly Holm fought Ronda Rousey and demolished her, she's like, "We've been training for this, for this, for Ronda Rousey our whole time in the UFC. Even when we were fighting other people, we were training to beat her." 
maybe Dracus has been doing the same thing. So he could be ready uh, with just a training camp that's, you know, hyper-focused on Adesanya. But nine weeks? Ay, ay, ay. That's, that's uh, two and a half months, right? What's that? Yeah, that's tough, man. That's tough. I would but then t- it's like you strike while the iron is hot. You just take it. You say, screw it, I'm going to go. What would you do? I would tell you this. I would tell you, heck yeah, if we didn't just see Gilbert Burns in a similar position. Yeah, you're right. He you're right. didn't look... It looked like he should have been just fine following the fight with uh, Jorge Masvidal, and he wasn't. And Gilbert Burns is an in-shape welterweight, said he had time, all of this good stuff. For crying out loud, Dracus was just in a fight. and mm-hmm. a very tough fight where he had to prepare very, very hard for a guy who was very difficult for people to look good against in Whitaker. I want this... Drag the carcass across. Yeah, I, I, I want to see it all. <laughs> I don't want him to turn it around in nine weeks. I want him to take his time and make this fight as good as it should be. And that leads to a problem. <laughs> what do you do in Sydney if you're not putting Adesanya and Dracus on there? Hmm. Connor uh, and uh, <laughs> Chandler. Oh, wouldn't that be so- You know what? Natalie. I think we're going to get out of Sonya Strickland. What? <laughs> I said it. I said it on MMA Daily. I said it. Do you think Adesanya wants to fight that badly right now? I don't think UFC has an option. Mm. I, I think that Volkanovski's off the board. Uh, let's go. I mean, top to bottom. Uh, for the men. Pantoja just fought. Not fighting in nine weeks, that's for sure. Uh, 35. Sterling, it's already a quick turnaround for... Okay, if they bump off, if they bump off Sterling O'Malley, maybe. 45, Volk just fought, probably not going to. He may be wild, but I don't think he should either, honestly. Um, For Volk, 55, they're saving Islam for Abu Dhabi. 170, uh, later this year, they're not turning it. I mean, 85, obviously, this is what we're talking about. 205, Jamal Hill. I don't think he's thinking about a short-notice fight. We already got John Jones. I mean, unless you're going to try to do Leon Colby nine-week notice, I don't see how you do this. I I, I really don't. I, I think that the only pieces that work are Strickland and Adesanya. And even for Strickland, just two-rounder with the eye poke. He's only had like six more days than Dracus to recover, but I would still argue that he's took less damage and probably, put it this way, even if his body is burnt out and shouldn't be taking that fight, he's taking that fight. Dracus, I think, has physically, and maybe this is just thinking about the aesthetic, I feel like Dracus' style and everything else a lot more time to get dialed in. Sean Strickland, I feel, rolls out of bed at the same speed. And maybe that's not true and that's <laughs> insulting the hard work he does. But I feel like Sean Strickland will step up and take it if Dracus does the smart thing and says, I want more time for an Adesanya fight. You know, I think, don't you think Adesanya would also say, I want, I want Dracus to have more time? Because, you know, I don't want any excuses. Go ahead. Have your perfect camp. Watch footage of me every day, all day, all night. 
and then let's fight because I don't want you to be saying, oh, well, I just came off a fight and blah, 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 nine weeks. So if I'm Adesanya, I might turn that down too. But with the spin being, I want him to get a full camp. Um, and now, as far as Strickland goes, coming off the heels of that face-off with my African with his African brother, how do you go fight Strickland? Like, doesn't that just seem, even if Strickland's willing, doesn't that just seem like deflating and, and kind of a weird move for Adesanya and the UFC? Straight up, yes. But I also think that Adesanya was called by the UFC and the UFC told him, we just signed a multi-year deal with Australia to bring events. Okay. And I think part of that, just like Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi, you're paying us a lot of money Mm -hmm. for us to bring you good cards. The last two Abu Dhabi cards been stacked. Yeah. I think they made the same deal to Australia that said, we are bringing you a, quote, big fight. I'll say this right now. Not everybody is a big fight. Arasanya is a big fight. And I think they told him, you are fighting Drakus or otherwise. I think Izzy is going to try to manifest Drakus in Australia. I think the truth is Drakus should not ice up, cool off, hope that Arasanya handles Strickland. And let's make this happen January, February. Yeah, I agree. Much as I would love to see the whole thing get sorted out in nine weeks, and that would be awesome, I just don't see it happening. And that's a, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> uh, Bo Nickel. Oh. Man, uh, you know what? I always like talking to them wrestlers because it's like, you know the takedown is right there, but they just get so in love with those hands. I didn't realize this until Daniel Cormier... His mom was a boxing coach. I know. I heard that. I was and like, I was like amazing. This, and you're telling me we're all worried about his wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, looked great. Um, no notes, what, except that was cool. What about you? Yeah, great win. Confident. Cocky in a good way. Uh, just on fire and, and backing up the hype for sure. Dan Hooker, Jalen Turner. Oh, my God. Bruh, Dan should have dyed his hair like four fights ago. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking, I, I'm not going to lie. Stylistically, I thought this was horrible. First round, I knew it was horrible. And then he just starts cracking. And I know Jalen with the tough weight cut. Um, I've been around Jalen in the SoCal scene. Um, one thing I do know is that for being as tall as he is, he isn't normally between fights as heavy as uh, some of these other contenders we know at 155. Michael Chandler stands out to me. Um, I don't know what happened. Injury, his body, um, age. Obviously, he's been in the UFC a minute. As you get a little older, for some reason, the body just doesn't like cutting that weight quite like it used to. I don't know if it's all of these things got to him. But look, uh, I I don't think we got the best Jalen Turner out there. And I think when Dan Hooker started connecting, that was just, boy, it just became one of those fights go to war dan hooker with the broken arm tells joe rogan it's just a scratch i mean how awesome just well-deserved recognition great win for dan uh obviously needed it um just no notes what about you it was amazing i was writing his eulogy in round one i was telling my husband man i think dan hooker needs to retire after this literally writing his eulogy and then second half of round two 
almost finishes Jalen Turner and then keeps putting it on him in round three. That was an incredible win for Dan Hooker, an incredible moment. Uh, yeah, the the hair that turned pink, uh, those tattoos on the legs, the, like the, the gladiator shields. I mean, it all came together perfectly. So I don't know what this means for Dan Hooker with his next opponent, but this is one of those that is, you know, that'll probably be the, the pinnacle, not the pinnacle because, you know, he could continue to perform like this. But so far, right, looking back at his career, if he stops today, that's the pinnacle. That, that was the greatest performance I've ever seen him give. Yeah, um, look, looking forward to seeing him back. Uh, we'll cap off our fight recap with this one. I mean, Robbie Lawler, 38 seconds, didn't need more. Uh, into the sunset. Um, you know what? I, I'm going to just condense him. Great fight for as quick as it lasted. Just got on the physicality, found his spot, took out Nico Price, who's known for being a banger too and a tough guy. So that is impressive in and of itself. The pure emotion from Robbie, mm-hmm. so stoic usually, so just disconnected, laissez-faire about it all. And then you're watching that man legit tear up and cry in front of everybody about the end of his career. I, I mean, look, you always knew he's a nice guy and, you know, maybe just kind of chill about it. To kind of allow himself to let that emotion out, man, just so powerful. Uh, so happy for him. I hope he has a great retirement where he's just nice and happy, gets to eat and do his thing. Um, I, I'm glad he said he'll be around the fight game, but just they don't make him like Robbie Lawler. There's not too many of those guys like there used to be. So, yeah, just thank you for the memories. What are your thoughts on Robbie Lawler? The, the same. They, they don't make them like that uh, anymore. It's a spectacular win. You know, you, you couldn't write it any better. Like, not only did you finish your opponent, win the fight, but she barely got touched and you were out of there in 30 seconds. That's what everybody wishes they had. DC, Bisping, uh, you know, Ronda Rousey. I mean, like, well, her fight did end under a minute, I think, but not in her favor. You know, when, you, when it's your last fight, Cerrone, Masvidal, Frankie Edgar, like, you want to get the win. <laughs> it's so hard to get that last win because by the time you're ready to retire, it's for a reason. You can't beat the, you can't beat the young guys anymore. And Robbie Lawler came out at 41 and beat someone almost 10 years younger than him handily. And then the toughest guy, you know, in the UFC and MMA starts crying when they show his, uh, his video. It was a beautiful moment seeing him with his wife, with the fans, you know, signing, taking pictures. Question though, how come, Maybe I missed it, but I don't remember anybody who re- recently retired getting a nice tribute video like that. Do you know why he got one and think, Cerrone didn't? Is it because he won? Like, <laughs> Can I be real with you? I think part of me feels like they thought it was a little bit of a, um, uh, what's it called? Because Cowboy felt abrupt also. I think Amanda also, maybe there's hope that she'll come back. I see. I, I think it's a lot of little factors. And I think that, you know, according to Dana, he just had a bunch of talks with Robbie about why this is the end and why it's perfect to be the end. So I think that's why they had it ready. Um, you, you would think of if Amanda told Dana it, it deserves it, right? But No, you're right. I, I, I think it's she just said, those little things. Yeah. She told him right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think that's it. And also sometimes it's like you don't want to play the video tribute like 
Habib, Dana, this is my last fight. We're not making you a video. I want you back. You know what I mean? So, I see what you're saying. Yeah, fair point. Um, I coax poetically again, but we did that last week. Um, you know what? When you think about how many fans just... Look, is it the most... He's He became so much more technical later, but obviously when you think of a Robbie Lawler fight, you think about just a banger. And I think when you talk about the emotional investment people got to see him do his thing, uh, so beautiful. And I'm glad that he got to feel the love and the fans got to give it to him properly one last time. I think can't get much better than that. That's uh-huh. what you want for your retirement. So, yeah. Robbie, thank you. It's been so much fun. Um, best wishes to the next one. Um, look, we could talk about a lot of things. Cameron Simon got the finish. Denise Gomes stops Yasmin Oregi. I mean, all this other stuff. Hey, when you got a neck tattoo. Oh, yeah, you better be whooping butt, right? (laughs) Look, man, tattoos these days, everybody has them. But the neck tattoo is still one of those where you're like, oh, damn, okay, okay. Right? I mean, uh, let's get into some news, though, because I know we've had a very long show. Um, John Jones, Stipe Miocic, um, announced for November 11th as I understand it, verbally agreed, but the paperwork's still getting done. So th- this is the fight that was always going to happen. We knew it was going to happen. Some people saying it was a- announced to preempt a little bit of Francis Ngannou, Tyson Fury talk. We'll get into that. Um, but look, obviously we knew this is what they wanted and this was the date they were looking at. Not for nothing, the 30th anniversary show, which I really appreciate. What are your thoughts? I'm glad they finally booked it. And yeah, the timing is a little suspicious. You know, Dana White, it's just, he's just going to keep trying to, 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 to put Francis Ngannou down, right? I mean, he tried to, to, to support, uh, not tried to, he was pretty much in favor of Jones' fury in the cage, um, even though he knew Ngannou, that was one of the fights Ngannou was trying to get for himself after uh, leaving the UFC. Um, so yeah, as far as that goes, not surprised. But yeah, I'm just happy they finally put this fight, you know, on the books, sort of mostly. And um, but let's just get to it. November is not that far away, so this is good. Yeah, you know what? Um, this was always the fight that was going to happen. You could tell me Pavlovich, and Pavlovich is the next guy. Um, John wanted a guy as decorated as Stipe on his resume. And I think for Stipe, having been out a while, part of me wonders if this is a double retirement situation going on. Um, If it were, I mean, look, most decorated UFC heavyweight champion, had the most title defenses, I think, before fighting Cormier. I mean, what more can you really say about it? Um, Makes sense. Both obviously very talented. Uh... Anytime you get to see John Jones out there, but the fact that this could be his last one and is indicated and hinted as much, it's like, let's just do it then. I mean, I I think it'd be awesome. I think it'd be good. What about you? No, yes, I'm ready. Like, they've been keeping us waiting long enough. Stipe's not in a rush to fight anyone but the very top, and in this current landscape, it's John Jones. And John Jones is, you know, just does everything. At his own pace. So I'm really glad that we finally got something close to a final um, matchup. 
If I told you that Arasanya would have had a more heated uh, face-off with Dracus Duplessis than he would have with John Jones, would you believe me? No, never. <laughs> Can you see them being BFFs? I, yeah, that's like that's funny. But you know, were they? You know, really? Like they're not. They're not gonna fight, really. <laughs> John Jones with Nganu and Izzy. It's like, bro, are you trying to just dash hopes and dreams? <laughs> I mean, look, good stuff, well played, all that jazz, right? Yep. Um, Like I said, 30th anniversary show. The last one with Yair and the zombie was a fight night. I, To be honest, I hope they lean into it again. I want them to do the UFC 1 style graphics. I want them, you know, <laughs> maybe not in low definition, but you get what I mean. I want them to really throw it back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that would be beautiful. Uh, it is all over. Kathy <laughs> Long, all that good stuff with Laura Senko. Let's do it. Yep. I think it'd be great. Gold anyway, gold. um, finally, anyway. uh, Francis Ngannou. So Tyson Fury, talks have fallen apart for everything. Usyk, I've seen other fights like gone into the ether, like you know, as alternatives to Usyk, and then they just keep falling apart. That somehow we've actually run through the gambit that Francis Ngannou's number has finally come up with Tyson Fury. Uh And so uh, a lot of reports are saying, talking about it, announcing soon. Um, But they are, uh, rumors are they are very deep in talks like this. We're getting close to it being a go. And about the only stipulation that seems to be throwing a little bit of it off, this thing that Tyson Fury may be looking to make it an exhibition Oh. Whereas Francis Ngannou obviously wants it straight up. Now, why do they do exhibition? Um, doesn't count toward your record if you lose. You don't lose belts if you lose. As I understand it, there's a little bit of a gray area between can you get knocked down or can you try to knock your opponents down? I don't know. Um, clearly, there have been exhibitions where they get after it a bit more, right? Mm-hmm. But my point being is that like, I don't know that I'm as invested if this is an exhibition. Francis Ngannou getting paid. Let's make this clear. Francis Ngannou wins no matter what. But even if it doesn't end well for Francis, I hope this is a pro fight. And if he were to catch lightning in a bottle and stop Tyson Fury... My word, holy guacamole. We've talked about this. If Ngannou were to go out there and knock out Fury, Dana White would try to bring him back. <laughs> now, mind you, now there's a contracts and all that with the PFL. That can't happen. But you get my point. It would yeah. be amazing. Um, there's no date on all this yet. Um, we assume they'd be targeting around December, maybe even September, like... I feel like they wanted Fury in September, but now you essentially you're asking Francis Ngannou to flip it around fast. Could they do it? Yes. Do I want them to do it that fast? No. And I'm going to leave it to you right there. Look, honestly, I don't even care when they do it. Just like, let's let's see this fight already before the year ends. You know, Ngannou, if this is really what you want to do to fight a, one of the best heavyweights in boxing, you should be training for it already. So... It shouldn't be a matter of, oh, I need time to get, no, 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 you should already be going. Not burning out your body, but, you know, working on boxing regularly, consistently. So, 
get this on the books. I hope it's not an exhibition either. Um, but if it is, that just that's a weird thing for Fury to want. Like, what are you afraid? Really, this guy's not a boxer. You really worried? It's kind of odd. No, I, I completely agree with you. I think it'd be good. I think it'd be one of those fights that just makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I just, like I said, I want to see it. I think let it have, let us have nice things. Mm-hmm. Tyson Fury, please, I beg you, <laughs> bring this to Crypto.com Arena. Bring it to SoFi State. Bring it to SoFi Stadium, please. You know. Dude. What is that thing Ricky Bobby said? Sweet baby Jesus, bring it to Southern <laughs> California. Don't make me fly. Just let me have nice things. That's all I'm begging you. Don't don't take it to Saudi Arabia. Oh, man. Please bring it to California. I beg you. <laughs> what more can I ask of you, please? Do you think if they don't go to Saudi Arabia, what's more likely, Vegas or L.A.? Vegas. Vegas, yeah. Because my life ain't that good, but anyway. You know, Vegas is all right, I guess. Yeah, we haven't had a good crypto fight night in so long. Um, I even don't mind Anaheim. It's so easy to get there and back, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, like, I'm freaking home by, like, 9 a.m. the next day even if i <laughs> sleep it's so nice anyway um look uh if it happens when it happens we'll revisit it with the more specific terms obviously a big win financially for Ngannou if he wins obviously a um seminal moment in combat sports if he were to win after everything that has happened with ufc so uh let's just get after it um this Saturday, uh, UFC Vegas 77, Holly Holm, Maida Buena Silva. Holly Holm is like the female Frankie Edgar in this way. She is like your favorite fa- flavor ice cream. I've heard this said, it's like the McDonald's golden fry. No matter where you are in the world, you know how it's, you know it's going to be good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Holly That's Holm, right. we know what she's going to get. Distance management, great cardio good hands, uh, the works. Um, gonna be giving that little kia every time she uh-huh. lets the combo rip. You get it. Myra Buena Silva, if you guys haven't been keeping up with her, from Brazil, uh, on a very solid win streak herself, three fights in a row. Um, one of her only losses, Manon Fior, obviously a girl doing very well. So there's a lot of upside. Contender Series graduate, uh, back-to-back finishes. Um, was gonna fight Misha Tate, but it fell apart uh, last month. This is a very key fight for Holly because you're coming off a victory. Uh, who was that one? Yana uh, Santos. Uh-huh. And what's really unique about this one, we don't have the fight for the bantamweight title yet. Raquel Pennington is on a five-fight win streak. Raquel Pennington has lost two fights to Holly Holm. Yeah. You, I can see a scenario where on the name value alone, they like Holly and would put her with Juliana Pena. I asked Raquel Pennington and she kind of uh, alluded to that she would take the Justin Gaethje approach, title shot or I riot. I think Raquel Pennington has every right to riot. 
the fact that we've been so slow to get some fights talking around the books makes me feel like a good win for Holly could get her that title shot. What yeah, about you? You're right. You're right. Because when Nunez retired, you know, the following week should have been, okay, we have our, you know, next two fighters to, you know, match up for the title. Here's the poster. Like that should have happened right away. So it does seem like they're waiting to see what happens with Holly Holm and this fight. How good does she look? Of course, if she wins. Um, but, you know, what's cool about this, and we talked about it when Nunez retired, is like it's basically anybody's game now. You know, you still have the, the people that were there when Rousey was there, Pennington, Tate, <laughs> um, Holly Holm, and they're still the top. And the well, Mish Tate, I don't know what her ranking is, but like these are still the biggest names in the division. And I think um, Mish Tate said it best when she, someone asked her recently, Are you do you feel like you're very close to getting the title again because Nunes is gone? And she's like, Yeah, <laughs> no one was gonna beat her. She said, Now I have a chance, I'm maybe one or two fights away. And so, you know, Raquel Pennington can be, can be a little pissed if she wants to, but. Even if they give it to home, um, like with Pena or like Pennington's still not, you know, out of the picture for, for that much longer. Now, I think the right thing should have been Pena Pennington immediately, but yeah, man, home is still home. So they're mm-hmm. trying to keep a spark going in that division and. You know, Holly Holm has better highlight footage than Raquel Pennington right now. So, yeah, I mean, we know how selling pay per views works, right? Yeah. Uh, I would go back to it again. Um, Myra Buena Silva obviously like has a lot of upside. I want to double check her age real fast. Want to say should where check is here. that? Thirty one. 10 yeah. years advantage age-wise on Holly. Um, sorry. <laughs> I know that you feel very sensitive uh, because uh, you're the same age as Holly Holmes. So every time I bring it up. Am I? Really? <laughs> Thank you. I forgot. Uh, you brought it up last time. <laughs> no, Ketlin, need, Ketlin needs to make Holly feel 40. Like, gave her life 40. <laughs> no, but look, uh, a lot of upside for Buena Silva. She isn't going to get Juliana Pena if she beats Holly. But once again, this would be a great feather in the cap. Um, kind of like Dracus and Whitaker. Pick your spots and just really shut down that movement. Can she do it? Yes. Will it take a very good performance um, from the upstart? Absolutely. Got to work some grappling in there. Pick your spots. Work the body. Don't try to get into this beautiful fight mid-range. It's probably going to be a lot of one-two, you know, one-two, get out of there in the moment, and then you're going to get it done. But I'll reiterate, she can get it done. Maybe feels like you're getting Holly home at a good time. We're going to find out. I still favor Holly. It's hard not to. It's like she's just been so consistent that even in her losses, she hasn't looked terrible. So while Myra is on a roll and probably feels like she's hitting her stride at a perfect time to get someone like Holly, I still think it might just be a little bit too much too soon. So I'm going to go Holly home. <coughs> Decision. I agree. I'm with you. And yeah, Holly home. The only time she got owned was against Nunes. And that was 
Nunez, right? Even when she loses, like you said, it's still not a blowout. So I agree. Holly Holm by decision. She's smarter, more experienced. She's, as a result of her cautiousness, you know, in order to secure a point win, which she often does, a points win, her fights can have lulls. You know, there's some moments there where you're like, all right, stop kicking air. But um, she'll be able to get it done. And her, her ground game is pretty strong these days defensively and offensively so she's going to be she's going to be just fine uh so yeah holly home for the win by decision i mean let's get it uh next week the ufc returns to london tom aspinall comes back after that devastating knee injury against curtis blades takes on marcin tybura uh expected to be a great fight i'm looking forward to it because of what it means for tom because of the fact that we could have a vacant heavyweight title and then we have Tom Aspinall, Sergey Pavlovich potentially. Um, that would be really awesome. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Any more thoughts as we wrap up International Fight Week? It was just a great fight card, you know, and lots of fast finishes, lots of great moments. Robbie Lawler is the standout moment for me with his win and his reaction to um, the love that he got from the crowd and the tribute video and everything. Um, it's still always a trip to see uh, former president Donald Trump in the crowd. And uh, that's just, that's just a trip, man. I can't, I can't, I mean, you know, look, we both, he and I have a lot in common. Now I'm realizing we both love MMA. We both love McDonald's, you know? <laughs> so there's, there's a, that's the beginning of a beautiful friendship there you go uh guys thank you so much for listening remember like comment subscribe we'll be back next week